to Addicted to Loot, a upbeat PC gaming podcast where we talk about everything from breaking interesting news to the games that we're playing, reviewing and previewing, and then of course, as always, our free game of the week, which is an absolutely free game that we point out that you should go play as soon as you hear us talk about it. We have our course, uh, of course, not our course, which is more of a thing you hear in a casual dining restaurant, but of course, we are a... Green Man Gaming and a Humble Bundle content partnered podcast and website, which is addictedloot.com. Hosted, as always, by myself, Brian, aka Atomic Zero, and joining me, as always, is Tom, aka Tom Melody. I'm sort of like the appetizer. Exactly, and, uh, and I'm just sort of the thing that gets thrown on the floor. So! <laughs> First things first, a quick announcement. Uh, next week, no cast, just because literally both of us are running with our heads cut off next week, so <laughs> it's just easier to call it now and give everyone a heads up. No cast next week. The week after that, we will definitely have a cast and maybe have a special surprise to make up for the week that we missed, but um, please stay tuned for more about that. Okay, so with that ginormous mountain out of the way... <sighs> Typically what we do here at Addicted to Loot, besides talk about games, is we get ourselves warmed up with a lovely source of gaming trivia, and this is just general trivia that anyone can take part of. What's going to happen is Tom's going to read a trivia question, and we're going to then rack our brains to answer said trivia question. And if you guys want to play along, just keep on listening and pick out your guests before we do, or you can just pause it, pick out your guests if you want zero help, and just let us know if you are right or wrong. Huh. So, with that, Tom, what yes. is the trivia question for this week? This week's question is... What was the full title of Uncharted 4, the concluding part of the Uncharted series? A Thief's End. Really? <laughs> you were ready with that one. I, I don't know Uncharted. I think it's A Thief's End. Yep, you're Dang. correct. <laughs> well, that was a gimme. <laughs> uh, well, I, mean, I guess I really like the Drake games, but I didn't actually play the fourth one. It's on my to-do list. But I did really love the... F now, if you ask me to name the first three, no idea. Because it was like... Drake's... Un I, like I said, I, don't have, I would have no idea how to pick up the first three. But I know the fourth one, for whatever the reason. Uncharted but, 2, Chart Harder. <laughs> Charter with a vengeance. So, but, okay, well... And then you have to run them out long enough that it gets weird. They reboot it with Uncharted, Drake goes to charter school. <laughs> Drake 27, it's actually charged. That's what the Sonic the Hedgehog comics did. Did you ever read that long of them? Like I don't think I've read any of them, so Oh my god. Like the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, this is a this is a point of contention for me. Like, they started off silly, um, and then like long about the cause they sort of tied in with the game releases. Long about Sonic Adventure, they got so good. They were like dark and intense and like like really engrossing. And it just, like, I, they must have thought, like, this is getting too weird. And they literally, like, out of nowhere, rebooted it as Sonic and Friends Go to School. It was just, <laughs> like, it went from, like, death and murder and genocide and, like, just absolute mayhem and chaos and apocalyptic stuff to, let's learn math with Sonic the Hedgehog. And I was just like, oh, bye. <laughs> right turn. And I was, like, nine at that time. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this has lost me. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I also think that A Thief's End for Drake, I wasn't even sure if it was originally planned. Like, I thought 3 was supposed to be the final end for it, and I actually thought that it was a very sufficient end to it. Ooh. But yeah, then out of nowhere, they were like, surprise, we're doing one for the PS4. I was like, oh, cool. So All I remember about it is a lot of uh, playing up how graphically wonderful it was. Mm-hmm. I think that was the thing that sold it, and even from the people I talked to that played it, they said it was still a good game, but it wasn't like mm. a Drake game. It was mainly mm. uh, look how look what the PS4 can do while also you know listening to the same voice as Drake. Yeah. So, but yeah, actually, my only experience with those games is playing the multiplayer with Alec. The multiplayer was actually quite fun, and that was one thing. I know the multiplayer in four got what was very highly reviewed. I remember playing the multiplayer, which I think on 
three, because I don't think two had it. Yeah, I think it was three. But yeah, that was so freaking zany. I just remember playing it like with Alec, like playing it on the hardest mode and be like, let's see if we can beat our record of two rounds. Yeah, like, exactly. Because yeah, it, it was wave-based stuff, It was right? wave-based. You had, it started out slow, and then you had to just keep on surviving and surviving yeah. and surviving. And like every map we would do it on, be like, okay, we think we found a stronghold here. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and like then, there's never a fully safe spot. <laughs> no, you had to rotate, but it was yep. basically just... Pick a spot for said round, do as best as you can to survive. When the round ends, run through everything, pick a new safe spot, and do it again. So, and then I always remember there was those cheesy characters who you could literally only kill if you had, like, five RPGs and you hit them all. Because they had, like, a helmet covering and then a body covering. And Mm -hmm. you could put every round of AK-47 ammo into him, and he just would not die. Wow, I love the division. <laughs> oh, did, uh, completely <laughs> off topic, but or on topic, but off PC gaming. Did you read that article about uh, the actual health, like bar with Drake? No. So there's this interesting thing where people. Oh, was are... this about like lower health? Like, isn't as low as you think it is? Not even that. I guess kind of, sort of. So everyone always like thought... Like, to make it more intense, like, you think you've lost... You have less health than you actually do to make it, like... There, there was something about that. Yeah, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. This isn't what I, That's not exactly what I'm referencing. I'm not saying that is true or isn't true, but what I'm specifically referencing is... There was an article that came out, I think maybe over the weekend, that basically stated from one of the original developers that, you know, you're playing the game and as you're getting shot at... Your, you know, your screen goes gray, your reticle gets red, and eventually mm-hmm. you just, you know, you do, you kill over. But it's not like you had 100 health, 90 health. It was just, you know, it was one of those, you know, it was kind of like a qualitative indicator of yeah, how much health yeah. he had. But they actually, you know, and everyone was saying like, well, if he had, you know, such a little health and all of a sudden he doesn't heal and then he comes back to full health and he just got rid of with bullets. And so there's this big whole thing that apparently was still like a piece of contention for a long time and a developer came out and said that whole mechanism isn't showing the health of Drake, it's showing his luck running out. Oh, ha, that's cool. They are actually saying that as their reticle got red, it's basically the enemies are actually starting to hone in on him or there's going to be a chance where somebody, he gets the chance to actually take a shot at him and it, like, oh, it hits okay. him. okay. That's which, funny. Which I actually thought was interesting because 90% of the Drake games is kind of like, how did I kill 3,000 people yeah. with, like, a pistol and just, like, running around, like, boop, 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 and just, like, Yeah, these are people. cinematic action hero games. That so, are like, that actually made a lot of sense, but it's basically just, it also makes the entire game sound like one guy, <laughs> extremely lucky, for God knows how many hours. Well, fucking Tomb Raider, too, does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was very interesting, but it also, like, fit the character and fit the game. Yeah, yeah, the thing I was thinking of was entirely different. I can't remember what it was for. Maybe it was... I fe- almost feel like it was for, like, Doom or something, where it's, like... It's some game that has a health bar, and you actually... It's, like, a mechanic where, even though it looks like you have only maybe 10% of your health left... You actually really have like 25% and it just counts for more. So you you have this feeling of, oh my god, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But you can actually last longer than you technically should be able to. That's interesting. And it's just made to make you feel like that that tension of, oh, I'm on the edge of death. And then you can come back and have this epic save of like, wow, I had like one HP left. Really, you had like 30. Yeah, I actually wouldn't mind that. I mean, yeah, there's some game or even games that have that. And I as wish long I as it's balanced correctly, I wouldn't mind yeah, that at all, considering... it's just made for the fun of it. Especially for true action games like Doom, yeah. having those moments is what makes it worthwhile. Exactly. So, I, like, I always remember in Doom, like you max out your armor, you max out your health, and then all of a sudden you go through like one engagement, and you're like, oh, that really wasn't all that bad, and you look down, you have no armor and like 20 health yeah. left, you're like... Oh my god! Because I've he, been I've been experiencing that with prey this week, like this past week. It's the same thing as an armor and health system. It's like, oh, that was fine. I'm still standing. Zero armor, sixteen health. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You only think you did fine because you just didn't see like the pain reticle come up yeah, or something. Yeah, I didn't die. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
jumping back into PC gaming, which is kind of what we're known for, we're going to jump into the news for this week. And we actually have a decent helping of just notifications and some news pieces for you all. And we're going to start out with one that we covered a very long time ago, and it's finally actually coming up. Uh, So we actually wanted to fill everyone in, is that... Monster Hunter World, the PC version, is actually coming out August 9th. And I know that's about a month away, but what we'd like to do here is give you guys that notification chance that if you were keeping your eye on it or if you were just interested in it as as a gentle reminder. And I know for myself, I played Monster Hunter World on the PS4, and I did enjoy it, but my main qualm with Monster Hunter is that... It's a game that really is like The Division. It comes into its fullest when it's played with people. You can solo it, and you can just sit there and grind and, you know, spend tons of time trying to beat harder monsters or what you have and whatnot. Mm. Actually, kind of, I actually think it slows down the grind because you have to you have to play a lot slower and a lot more dodgier, and you sure. have to, like, stay on weaker monsters more often. But it is, you know, it's, it's a type of take on an MMO where it's basically you start out weak, you go out, you hunt things, you come back, you improve, you know, rinse, repeat. It's just, uh, you just never, you're never ending going out, killing more bigger and badder things and collecting specific things that you want to make certain armor, certain weapons and certain mods and certain crafts. So it can be fun, I think, to the right audience and to the right person. I mean, the actual monster fighting or the combat with the monsters most of it comes into play with the variety of different abilities and types and different personalities of the monsters where sub it's very easy to figure out the attacks they're about to telegraph and then others out of nowhere could just be like I had no idea they could even do that so it's kind of fun in that sense, but with the right party comp and with the right friends, I think I would enjoy this a whole hell of a lot more. It, it's to the point where if I knew enough people were going to get it for PC, I would rebuy it for PC. Mm. Like, I do like it. It's just, you know, I have more PC friends than I do PS4 friends. Yeah. But Yeah, unfortunately, it's not a game that's up my particular alley. But yeah, Especially uh, considering you bounce up a Dauntless pretty hard and it's... Oof, yeah. Like... Uh, logistically or gameplay wise and also like emotionally about stuff and Dauntless. I was like, I don't want to hurt these monsters. What I will I say Monster Hunter World in the beginning there's some of the oh I'm hitting something so tiny, but after a while it's kinda like, oh you're basically a T Rex, you're trying to bite me. Haha. So it's I, I don't know. I think there's a little less of that, I think. To your point, I know how you wanted like far more speed involved. I know that in Monster Hunter, some of the faster weapons aren't pretty darn super quick combo-y things. The thing about like the the speed in these games, I think is it's it's more so like I like I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Destiny. I'm actually also thinking of Titanfall. What I love the most in those games is like the one or two shot small grunt enemies. That's where I find, like, a ton of satisfaction. Like, it actually put me into something where there's, like, a bunch of weaker enemies, and I feel really great. As soon as you give me a a spongy enemy, like a boss, I'm like, eh, whatever. And things like Monster Hunter or Dauntless are just the boss. It's just the boss rush. So it's like, when when I say speed, it's almost more so that I just want a game that's speedy, like... You know what I mean? Yeah, it's basically the the it's like the gameplay tempo versus the speed of the characters. Exactly. I, I do like faster characters as well, for sure. But like I, again, thinking about prey, um, I love when I see the smaller enemies because that's just kind of like, oh, okay, maybe there's like two or three of them, but I could just two hits and they're done. Yeah, and you only get a sense of that in the very first starting area, and I think after that, you sure. just basically fight tougher monsters. Yeah, I don't. I don't find. Personally, I don't find satisfaction out of the I'm going to spend 15-20 minutes on this one creature and take it down. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it for sure. But where, I, like, my knees shake with excitement is where it's like, again, something in Destiny. Like, yeah, kaboom, pow, kaboom, pow, kaboom, pow. You know, and that's three guys down. Yeah, I guess if I had to, like, maybe this is a, you know, let me know if this is a correct way of, like, maybe depicting this. It's almost like the difference between 
You know, you can spend 15 minutes in a dungeon grinding and finishing at a boss versus 15 minutes on a single boss, and you would prefer the former compared to the latter because you're moving around, you're doing things, you're being yep. quicker. Yeah. Even though they Take, they took the same time and they gave the same rewards. Exactly. Exactly. I got you. So no, that's very understandable because I actually prefer that too. So. Yeah. So that's that's the only unfortunate thing. But Monster Hunter World seems like a popular game. Uh, people have seemed to really like it. So I'm glad yeah, that it's. Yeah, uh, there definitely is PCI. a community around it. But it'll be interesting to see if the community stays on console or actually does go to PC. Mm. So with that, we're going to move on to our next big thing, which actually involves a one of our favorite series uh, here at Addicted to Loot, but also one of our favorite content partners here at Addicted yeah. to Loot, which is. <laughs> Humble We're Bundle. not paid to say that, so no, we not need at all. It. <laughs> Humble Bundle is actually doing another build-your-own bundle, but this time they're doing it with the Telltale Games, and I think this is really great that they're starting to do these build-your-own bundle things. And you know, I, so far I've liked the one Telltale game I've played, but Tom is the in-house Telltale expert. I know you had some thoughts and some like buying guides on this. Yes, yeah. So it's not every Telltale game, but it is a lot of the good ones. Um, and from this particular list, if I had any to recommend, absolutely Wolf Among Us. That is that is my favorite Telltale game. Um, just a really fantastic thing. Uh, by the way, real quick, Telltale games tend to be not all of these are, but they their their main bag are these narrative sort of adventures where you're kind of wandering, sometimes wandering around a place, but mostly it's based around conversation with characters. It's a it's a almost like a visual novel that's a bit more playable than your typical visual novel. Um, so yeah, The Wolf Among Us, absolutely ex exceptional. It's a 1980s reimagining of classic fairy tales if they lived in like modern-day grungy society. Very cool. Their Game of Thrones one is okay. Um, I'm a big, big fan of the TV series, and it's certainly aping that. It's fine. Um, I... I think I'm I'm a little bit beat up because I did the thing, and I'm sure this was intentional, but you know when you're watching Game of Thrones, you see a character do a stupid decision, and you're like, well, if I was that character, I wouldn't have done it at all. And this is a game that gives you the chance to actually say, actually, I'd do this. And, like, more often than not, it just gets you killed. Like, literally. <laughs> so it's like... I know they're probably making the point of, well, they didn't go with the smart decision because that would have gotten them killed. So that's why in the show they may go with the dumber decision because it keeps them alive. I'm like, no, no, no. Give me my chance to be like, ah, I've got a better idea. Um, but the, the characterization and, and the scene setting is okay of it. It's fine. Uh, Minecraft story mode is actually really great. Uh, my mom has it and plays it, and she's, I think, played all of the episode of it, uh, episodes of it. And it's really fun. I like it a lot. It's really charming. Um, Tales from the Borderlands, I have it. I haven't played it, but I have only ever heard great things about it. A lot of people really praise that one. And uh, one that they, they have in, as part of this bundle that's not one of their narrative games, but is just fun and I do recommend, are the Poker Night at the Inventory games, where they take... Ah, I love those games. Yeah, they take video game characters like the Heavy from TF2 or Strong Bad or characters like that and or, put them in yeah, video Max games. Yeah, Sam and Max or Sam from Sam and Max? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of both of them, but yeah, Sam is the one that's playing. Yeah. Um, and they'll have like video game settings and sort of little events and stuff but otherwise it's a, ostensibly a poker game which is just always fun uh, and the characters have their own AI and, and make funny comments to each other while you're playing so if you're just looking for a good poker game that has a lot of video game fan service they're really great I would <laughs> definitely recommend those I yeah. forgot those were Telltale games because yeah, I, yeah. I loved both of those games yeah definitely so it's it's a great idea any combination of this bundle I'm sure you can't go wrong I haven't played the Walking Dead ones but those are you know that you've played the first episode of the first one I'm like part I'm like halfway three quarters through it mm-hmm and I mean for me I'm not a big Walking Dead <laughs> fanboy so it's not I guess it might not be as um, enticing as it might be to someone else who's a fan of The Walking Dead. I still think it's a solid, you know, visual novel, and it has very interesting choices and mini games and things like that. But you know, it, subject matter might help with the game, even though it's you know still ranked pretty high. Yeah, that's sort of how I feel about the Game of Thrones one, where it's like it's definitely like 
are you a watcher of the TV series? Because, I mean, to the point where it has frighteningly close to accurate looking uh, representations of the TV show characters in the game. Yeah, I, like, I have zero idea what I'd be doing. <laughs> and you, and it does things where it's like the, the game itself is taking place sort of around a period of time in the show. So things will happen and it might be sort of lost on someone who doesn't know the show. Like, oh, why is he being led away in handcuffs right now? But, you know, it's it's tying into something that had happened. So, yeah, no, these are, these are great games. They do great stuff. Yeah, I mean... Both Telltale and Humble Bundle, great companies, would be a great way to support them. So, hey, definitely go check it out. Next on our list is... I don't actually think we've ever covered this one before, but another continuing series getting a new installment after quite some time is actually the Darksiders series, which is, you know, for, for some of those who might not know what the Darksiders series is, it's kind of like a... I would almost call it like a Metroidvania light, where, you know, it has that style of gameplay, uh, but it's not as, I would say, as complex as some other ones are. Uh, but there is some aspects to it. But it's basically like where you play actually uh, one of the riders or one of, yeah, one of the riders of the apocalypse um, coming down onto Earth because... No spoilers or anything, but things have happened and actually you wind up on Earth and they're each... You know, each one of these games focuses on one of the riders, and each rider has a different goal throughout each one of these games. So, this one actually on Darksiders 3 is actually going to be based off of the rider Fury, which, you know, there's some debate on whether it's Fury or Famine, but at least for the game, it's Fury. And Fury is actually going to be the very first female rider of the Apocalypse, and it looks like, you know, each one has... a kind of like a go-to fighting style that kind of shows off a pinnacle of them. I mean, in the very first game, we had War. Um, I played the first game, loved it, more to that to come. But, like, War had three different fighting styles that you could choose from and level up. Um, The second game was Death. And I know originally, most of the time, he's depicted with, like... Two daggers or two sights, two single-handed weapons. But in Darksiders 3, Fury looks like she is portrayed with flaming chain whips or some kind Fucking of love it. chain weapons. So, I know I know my thoughts on these games, and I really like them, and I'm very intrigued to see where they go with this. I mean, the actual write-up on the website isn't much besides... Just let me get to it real quick... The charred, cons- the charred Council calls upon Fury to battle from the heights of heaven down through the depths of hell in a quest to restore the balance and prove that she is the most powerful of the horsemen. That's literally all that they give you. Um, you know, not to, I'm not 100% sure on the lore of the second game, but I know in the first game, basically there's, you know, when the apocalypse is supposed to happen... X amount of these, the certain seals are supposed to be broken and the riders of the apocalypse are supposed to ride. However, something crazy happens and only war is the one that's unleashed and he's kind of on to him to a, figure out what happens and potentially restore the balance or figure out just what's going on. Um, I'm not 100% sure on death. Um, I think death is actually after the first game from war. So I actually think there's you know, I actually think there's civilians and things like that in the second game. And the third one is now going to be something along the lines of she comes down and must fight some more types of, I guess, uh, Guardians heroes or whatever, what have you. I believe I saw something that she was going to be fighting or, or something involving the seven deadly sins. That would be interesting. Fun. So that might actually be very interesting. I know, so, I, Tom, like, based on all of that and seeing what you've seen of this new Darksider character, like, what are your thoughts? Super into it. Um, I have always liked the idea of the Darksiders games. I've seen the first one played. I actually own the second one, but I haven't played it. Um, And this especially, like her whole design. I remember seeing a gameplay video months or even years back where she was using these chain, flaming chain whips. You know, they're really fun. They got kind of a medium range to them. And then she also uses it to like platform. Like she grabs a, a pole and pulls herself up, sort of like a grappling hook things like that. So I love the idea. This seems like there's a there's a type of games. These are very hack and slash games. Very uh, much. King, 
Kingdoms of Amler was a game like that, where it's almost just like comfort food. It is just, you sink into it, you're getting, you're getting the story, you're getting the world, but it's almost like that just takes a backseat to this satisfying feeling. That's how I describe these games, they're kind of satisfying. Like, I'm not playing this to be challenged in any way, I'm just here for a good time. And this looks like another good time. I think you've basically hit it, the nail on the head. I know in the first one, the quest system specifically, I don't know, like I said, take this with a grain of salt because I'm not sure if they're continuing the quest system into the third one, but I know in the first one, you did have some side quests, but it wasn't like to the Skyrim or Kingdoms of Amalur level. It was just kind of enough to motivate some additional play or explore some additional areas. But it was just a fun game of, you know, exploration, hack and slash, some boss battles, you know, a lot of cinematics and just exploring a world and kind of doing that Metroid type of feel where you go through one, you you end one branch, you figure out, oh, I now can go back and do something else. And, you know, just keep going and keep going and keep going. And eventually it comes down, you know, to an ending that's, you want, once again, it's one of those, you can't turn back, so once you start now, you're just kind of into it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's where I got and or left off. I can't actually remember, but I, I did, I just... I remember playing the game with like as a recommendation from a friend in college. I didn't really go into it with too much of like you know high hopes or anything else. And after a while, I just loved this game and I wanted to go back and play it. Yeah, I know that was the- me with Kingdoms of Amler. I was like, I expect nothing, and I was very pleasantly surprised yeah, by that it game. Actually, took me my second play attempt with Kingdoms of Amalur to really like it, which is funny, yeah. but I still really like the game. And I know for Darksliders 2, because, you know, I think both you and I somehow came into purchase of Darksiders 2 through a sale or something. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I read is that, you know, it got, it got a little bit less high reviews as the first one did. And it seems like, from what I read, that that's because the beginning of it slower than the first one but once you get like an hour or two into it it really gets going and i think probably a lot of people dinged it for that slowish beginning but you know if that's only the if that's the only bad thing i'm so excited to play the second one i just once again have to find the time in between all these other games to try it out Mm. But yeah, super excited for this one. Um, really interesting to see where they go with it. And that's going to be out sometime in November. So mark your calendars, boys and girls. Ooh, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, same here. Definitely, definitely into it. Now, uh, going into a game that's kind of like a flash from the past, because this is a game that everyone was hope, hope hoping was going to happen. And then it got axed, and we then had the lovely, lovely, or lovely shit show that was the new Star Wars Battlefield. But Galaxy in Turmoil is actually a game that is the spiritual successor of the original Star Wars Battlefront series, meaning like the ones on the original Xbox and like the Xbox uh, 360. Um, and these, you know, this is literally just, it looks very similar to the game, similar style graphics, similar style interface. It's literally, it's going to be, you know, there's not much to this besides what you expect it to have. There's, yeah, that's what actually really took me about it is that I was watching the video. I went, wow, this looks exactly like I would imagine it to look. Yeah. Like there's, you know, there's no copyright infringement anymore. It's potentially going to be free to play with no microtransactions, meaning it's really just going to be a free to play giant multiplayer Star Wars Battlefield, where, you know, I I personally liked the tempo, the pace, and the design of the original, original ones. Like, I really got into them, and I'm hoping this one is very similar. Yeah, uh, I I actually, I like both. I like both iterations. Um, so that being said, I'm happy to see a new take on the original one, because, yeah, it's sort of hard to describe, but they do f- definitely feel like different games. Um, the I played Battlefront 2 on, on the PS2, and that was, you know, I, I guess what I enjoyed the most about it was actually creating AI battles, and it was yeah. really that. It was just, okay, I'm a member of this infantry, whatever what I'm, okay, maybe I'm the stormtroopers this time, versus, all right, in this one, we are going against the droids, you know, or mm-hmm. maybe it's the rebels, blah, blah, blah. And the newer ones definitely have been designed under the banner of the battlefield 
games, so they're they're crunchier. They're they're still really fucking great, like cinematically. Oh my god, I love the way the the current Star Wars Battlefront games feel. They're crunchy as yeah. hell. They're so good. Um, it feels it feels like what you know Rogue One did as a concept, which is you know let's just amp up the edge of Star Wars. It just didn't didn't quite work, and that's the same with these games. They, the new ones just sort of, uh, especially Battlefront Two. We talked about it at length. Had a lot a lot of issues with uh, sort of behind the scenes stuff, um, the microtransaction stuff, things like that. But they're still fun adventures to play. But yeah, they're different. They're they're fancier. That's the best way I can word it. This actually looks, a, to its credit, like an older game. It looks like a, the game I played on PS2. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you there. And I think you bring up a good point, because I think I do agree with you that the newest iteration definitely has the cinematic feel of being in a Star Wars actual like battle. But yeah. the one thing I loved about the original series, and you kind of brought this up, is... You know, it had a ton of replayability, especially in the second one where they gave you that, like, uh, there was a campaign mode, but there also was this, this like, galactic conquest mode, where it was you yeah, against the computer yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had to, like, battle for planets and things like that. But the thing I really loved about it was, you know, in the new Star Wars uh, Battlefront games, you feel super squishy. You feel like a true character is just kind of like, Pichu! and you die. You die. Yeah. And you like respawn super quick, like the battlefield games. Yeah, and this, like in the original ones, you felt like you had some toughness to you. Like you said, you felt like you had a little bit more, you know, resilience to stay in there. Like I felt like I did a lot more in this game as like a soldier, as like contri- contributions to the effort and things like that, compared to the other one. Uh, that was one thing. Like, I almost wish they would, you know, there was a middle ground here because that's really what I want in one of these games. I want the feel of the second one with kind of the pacing of the first one. Yeah, I hate to say it, but like the gameplay of the first, first one. Yeah, because that's what I like. I mean, my favorite faction in the first series was actually the droids. That actually was by far my favorite faction. And I loved, uh, actually, it was the best with the. Uh, not the assault droid, but the the, the the giant gray ones with like the yeah, arm cannons. I don't know the name of them. I can't I remember, exactly but what like those are always my favorite guys. And either that, or if like, I was on the clones, I was like the assault trooper, things like that. But I liked the uh, jump troopers, the yeah, ones that the were basically like proto Boba Fett. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just like being able, like having that feeling of you run into a point and you actually can sit there. You have a firefight. You shoot someone a couple of times. They take the damage. Eventually, they fall off, and then you can take some hits and then cover. And then like you just, I just, I don't know. I just liked the feeling of it more, even though you didn't get the visual and the sound cues yeah. of what you would want, yeah. but I did really like the game, man. I and actually would cool be very is, excited for this, and if it does go free-to-play, I definitely would be very excited to try it yes. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the cool thing about this is it really, this Galaxy in Turmoil, just looks like it captures that. This is made by people who are saying, we want exactly that game. Yeah. So... Yeah. I guess you could say, for the first time, the galaxy far, far away is actually very, very close. Hey! That one wasn't even me who did that joke. I know. I had to get one. It has been a while. But, so, once again, going back into the past, uh, actually going back to Dreamcatcher days, or Dreamcast days, rather. Uh, I'm assuming every day is a Dreamcatcher day. But Dreamcast days, uh, there's going to be a game that I'm probably going to butcher... But we both agreed before this podcast that we believe it's called Shenmue, yep. uh, which is a you know it was a flagship action RPG game for the Dreamcast, where it was once again kind of uh, yakuza based, you know, kind of that Asian gangster feel to it. But it was a mix of like brawl style combat. Uh, quick time events and just a very rich RPG campaign and storyline. Well, they're actually remaking one and two for the PC, and they're actually developing a third one. Which, like, I don't really have a history with these games, which is funny because I had a Dreamcast, but I wasn't even familiar with these games until Tom put it on the the set list, if you will. (laughs) But they look I I approve of the term. (laughs) They do look interesting. 
Yeah, I'm very into these games. I remember them coming out. I remember the press around, uh, I think, both of them when they were released. And actually, it's funny because all I really know is that uh, the main character is one of the drivers in Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. So that's like, <laughs> I've sort of played the game. Um, but yeah, these are games that have always so been of interest to me, but they were Dreamcast games, and so it's very cool that they're coming to PC. Same month as Yakuza, so this is like uh, a time to be into Chinese uh, gang uh, games, I guess. I don't know if, if uh, Shenmue is a gang-based thing, but definitely it's a, a open-world China adventure kind of thing. So into it looking forward to it probably gonna get it them rather i actually think i might as well because i i have been itching for a very good rpg so it'd be interesting to see how these actually go <sighs> man i really think we're just having a very big throwback style episode because no another game that was once originally a big hit kind of you know from kind of like from right field kind of hit for the PlayStation was a game simply called PT. Uh, it's actually being once again remade for the PC. Currently available for download on Game Jilt. But I know Tom, you have a little bit more about this than yes. I do. So for folks who might not know, um, PT was the playable teaser for S Silent Hills. I think is what it was going to be called, which ultimately was canned. But um, it was sort of this viral sensation a few years back where uh, it was a, this mysterious game that appeared. I don't think it, there was any announcement or expectation that it was even a Silent, Hills, a Silent Hill franchise thing until you got to the very end. And it showed Norman Reedus and then it said Silent Hills. So that was like all that people knew. But it was this free, very... How, how do I want to describe it? It, it? You walked around a corridor, and it was the same corridor again and again, but it would change each time in subtle ways. And uh, it's it's sort of hard to make that sound appealing, but it was a horror thing. So eventually you escape the corridor. Eventually you get out. It just was famous for being a viral sensation, really. Everyone was like, what is this? This is wild. Oh, it's going to be a Silent Hill game somehow. Um, and... It was when, when I think Silent Hills was canned, this was yanked. I think it was part of one and the same. It was yanked for download. So people have longed for it ever since. And, it, of course, it never came to PC. So someone has, just one guy has remade it for PC. I think a couple of people have worked on doing this exact thing. But here's the most recent one. And it's currently up for download and hasn't been shut down yet by Konami. So <laughs> I, think, I think it was Konami who did Silent Hill. Uh, shows how much I know if Thanks, I'm super you're right. wrong that. <laughs> um, hasn't been shut down by the dev team yet, so go out and download it if that's something you're into. I can't because I am a pansy. <laughs> and so am I. Welcome to a day to <laughs> where we really don't talk about horror games. Huh. I still... Do you remember... And I, I think I brought this up a few times before, but I always want to bring it back up again. That game that was... There wasn't a point-and-click adventure, but you start out and it's like you're going into a facility that's having a maintenance issue, and all of a sudden you get kind of get like locked in, and like the very first button you press just shuts off all the lights. I remember me, you, and Alec playing it. Oh, Penumbra. Penumbra. Yeah. That, that was a sort of amnesia precursor. Yeah, because I yeah. just remember <laughs> once, because you didn't tell us anything, you just said, oh, watch this game. Wink, just wink. And I'm just like, okay, fine. As soon as that happened, I think I just remember like running out of the room, just like, nope, nope, done, nope, not even. I remember, nope. I remember Gone Home does that. Like, there's a point because Gone Home is is really funny. Uh, you know, of course, it's a it's not a horror game by any measure, but it's wrapped up in a horror game shell. You're walking around this house and on on picking bits of your of the story here, which ends up being this great heartwarming adventure in sexual identity, but it, in this creepy house during a storm. <laughs> And there's one point where you, I guess, like walk over a loose light switch and it act unplugs the light. But, you know, you're already sort of tense and all the lights go out. And you're just like, fuck, shit, this is it. I've been had. I'm going to die. Oh, wait, I just accidentally unplugged the light. <laughs> Good old gone home. Trolling players. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not, not a big horror game fan. And yet in the past year, I've played Subnautica and Prey. So I still don't. I, I don't know. I still think Subnautica is only it's like a horror game with an after because it's really only a horror game for those people who really don't like the ocean. So yeah, well, yeah, or fish that jump out at you. 
Uh, yeah, but our final news piece for this week, which is a game that will probably have a decent amount of press, at least with us, is, you know, The Division 2. We've talked about it numerous times at length already, but there was some new developments with it that we, you know, felt worthwhile to bring up again. So the very first one quickly is just that, you know, this is going to be, there's going to be zero political, you know, drive to this game. Like, there's not going to be political intrigue or campaign options or anything else like that. This is purely just, once again, dealing with there's a big city, it fell under control, or something happened to it, and everything's hitting the fan. So, which I think for The Division, probably a smart move. I think it fits the game far better. I mean, it's really what the game is, you know, really marketed as, so I think that's a fine move. I don't think anyone's really gonna be angry that they're, like, not doing anything political, which... Either way. But the big thing that we want to talk about is they actually made a big point of it in this last article to state that they actually believe that the entire campaign should be completely playable solo. That meaning single player. Which I'm actually super excited about. Yeah, that's what caught me a couple weeks ago with uh, the first game. When I went back and revisited it, I was like, this is great. I really enjoy this. And it just was like... Why are you playing this alone? You need at least someone else here. This is going to be way too difficult for you. I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree because it just got a certain point with the first division that you could potentially do it, but would you really want to? It, yeah, and you also got to be really good. It's the, the the incentive wasn't there to be as good as I needed to be to do it alone. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I think even when we finished playing, even with the two of us, we had hard times doing some missions with two of us versus just one right. of us. Right. Yeah. When we were playing it pretty often, so it'd be interesting to see if they, you know, maybe they do a better job with scaling depending on party number. Because I think that's well, one speaking thing. of scaling, they're also going to have eight-person raids, oh, which boy. sounds insane. Yeah. Because I just remember in the first division, it it kind of felt like. The mission was the mission. If you had extra help, great. Otherwise, you're going to get the same type of mission. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're just going to have a better scaling feature, if they're going to be just better coverage with it for this one. Mm. But that does... You know, I wasn't super excited about potentially purchasing this game. Still probably not, but this at least makes it a notch closer in my book to be like, okay, I'll start to consider it. Yeah, I, I am excited about it, and this made me feel more confident you know, safer with in it. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. And that finishes our news piece for this week. We're going to go into our playlist, which are games that we just have been playing in the past week. And for me, I have some more of an, of an old game that I was playing, you know, that I talked about our last cast, and a new one. So the old one is, I said I was going to play more Dead by Daylight, and guess what? I played more Dead by Daylight. This time, I was trying to make sure I had something specifically tangible to talk about and so i actually switched killers you know the very first time i was playing the huntress which is kind of like a hatchet throwing um russian wilderness style horror killer and i went to a character called hillbilly which if you could tell is you know a hillbilly with a chainsaw uh, it's basically the best way i can say it um the backstory is kind of he was the this you know weird unwanted child of two very you know rich debutantes kind of things they locked them locked him in a shed out back and yada 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 he murders everyone and then just keeps murdering everybody so his gimmick specifically um in terms of gameplay mechanic is that he has you know he has this chainsaw mechanic where you know it takes him like almost like a you know like a, a channeling time to charge up this chainsaw but when he does he sprints indefinitely until he hits, you know, a wall, uh, a survivor, or if you just let go of the trigger. Jeez. So his main thing is that he's just a super quick map control character. Like, a good hillbilly basically makes you feel like he's everywhere at once. And I have to say, I clicked with him very well in the sense of... I still have a long ways to go to really master the sprint mechanic. Because, like, in the very first game... Because, you know, one of the things that's a negative about it is that all the other survivors, regardless of where they're at, can 90% of the time hear the chainsaw revving up. So it's not like you're, you're, you're basically throwing away your surprise factor to 
basically have the speed. And for me, I can only imagine how people were laughing because I'd be like trying to like, I wonder how this works. I just instantly hit something and I was like, okay, it cools off. God damn it. And it's like, as opposed to hearing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after a while, I kind of got used to it. And like I had my very first amazing match as a killer with them. I was actually able to 4K everybody. Oh my God. I actually had a full game that no one like disconnected from or things like that. And I really do like him. And I'm probably gonna see if maybe he'll be my first killer. I try to like max out first. The only thing I'm not a fan of with him is like the best perks to use with him are the perks he doesn't have. So it's kind of like you have to like level up other killers to really make him go through the roof in terms oh, of usability. Okay. Um, he has good perks, but like his best perks are something that shows location. And there's a few perks that do that. Like there's a perk called Nurse's Calling that shows if someone's healing within a certain radius of you. There's another perk called uh, Barbecue and Chili, I think it's what it's what? called. I don't know why it's called that. But it's called barbecue and chili. This makes me Basically, yeah, when, when you when you hook somebody, when you place them on the hook, for four seconds, everyone on the map is visible. So, like for hillbilly, you could like hook someone, see a location, and just sprint over there to at least huh. get close to them. Okay. So, like that's kind of like what he really like, specializes see. at. Yeah. And the problem is, all those are on different killers. So. Yeah. One, you know, a very intriguing and I actually think is a good portion of the meta for killers is that you do have to bounce around to make sure you get what you want. So, like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be forced to play other killers to make sure I get the really good versions of perks. I kind of like I that. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. And the other thing that's really cool about this game, which I'm not sure if I said the last time I talked about it, would be, like, let's say I max out my level in Hillbilly and I, you know... They're called blood points. Is what you actually spend to level up. Like, you basically have a skill tree and you spend points mm -hmm. on the skills. And those skills basically equate to eventual level up and so on and so forth. So, like, I could have, like, a Hillbilly at level 50, have an amazing game with him. And then spend all the points I just earned on another killer. So, you could realistically level up a killer while never playing them. That's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, there are eventual benefits for, like, okay, I'll play the character. Mm -hmm. um, but it's almost like a way where you can say, I will get, you know, I'll start playing that killer, but I can actually get it to a better starting point so I'm not starting from square one when I just, you know, had a max level killer. So it's kind of cool that you can, like, spread out your points in that sense. Or you can use your main character to level up some other characters and so on and so forth. But I'm still really liking it, and I should say for the very first time I actually had, like, I think three games back to back where I actually had four people that say the entire time and like there wasn't any like terrible things uh, in terms of like really bad lag or stuff like that. You know, there's been times where I just got schooled and there's other times where I did really well. But, you know, those three games back to back to back just kept on giving me more hope and more want to keep playing. That's cool. So especially with Hill, like I said, after that one really, really good game, like I jumped up a couple levels and things like that. I'm just like, man. This is, okay, I can see where the fun of this game is now. Yeah. And, and, and I feel terrible because sometimes some players are just easier to find than others. And I hate, it's like, I don't like to tunnel. But, like, sometimes you just find the person. And it's kind of like, I, like, I'm trying to do it now where, like, you know, on the third hook, it's instant death. So if I know if I specifically hit somebody pretty easily two times on the third time, I try to, like, just leave them unhooked and, like, give them, like, a grace period for someone to heal them <laughs> before I instantly kill them. So I'm not, like, I'm not trying to just piss somebody off or leave them yeah, out of the game. Yeah, But there's just been times where, like, I remember, like, uh, on the map I got the big match on and the 4K on. I got, I killed two people pretty quickly. I got the third one on a hook, and it was the second to last hook. The one remaining guy, I literally never saw the entire game. I had no idea who he was, where he was, or anything. And I just remember that they activated all the doors, but the doors weren't open yet. And I just remember, like, I was running all across the map, like, where the frick is this guy? <laughs> and I just couldn't, I was bouncing all the generators, I couldn't find him. Eventually, I'm like, I know he has to go back to the other guy to eventually unhook him. 
So I just kept on doing patrols and patrols and patrols, and I finally found the guy. But, like, there's been so many times where, like, on the last person, it takes so long. Especially if they have no way out. Like, if they don't have all the generators done. Because trying to get more than one generator done when you're the only person left is basically impossible. But... It was just, it was just, I remember, it was just, like, funny, like, I'm just zooming around the map, but please, for the love of God, just do something so we can end this. I'm getting tired. Yeah. It's almost like a battle of, you know, wills, because it's like, I'm not going to DC. It's an endurance challenge. That's funny, actually. I mean, there are, I should say, there is mechanics to stop people from camping, if people are worried about that, from perspective killers. Like, if someone is literally doing enough, like, inactivity... They basically get crows around their head, and then the more you're inactive, the more crows go around your head. It's kind of like it mm. just as like a hey, do something because you're now basically have a bullseye on you. I like so. that, yeah. But yeah, I actually really like the game. And once again, I'm gonna keep on playing it, and then uh, if anything major comes up, maybe if I play Ever <coughs> Killer or something like that, or mm. have a particularly interesting game, I might just talk about it again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll leave Dead by Daylight alone for now. The final game I talk, uh, I played this week. Was I actually went on and I tried out RimWorld 1.0, which is interesting because technically the official 1.0 build isn't out yet, but you can play 1.0 thus far on the uh, basically it's a beta branch. So if you go under, you know, if you go to RimWorld on Steam and you go to like uh, the beta options, if you go mm-hmm. into like I think it's called unstable beta or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's basically him, his way of saying you can play 1.0, but it might not be the complete. Uh, and I have to say, 1.0 like I played it completely vanilla. Like I didn't have any mods or anything on it. Was very enjoyable. Like cool. It was definitely noticeable that it was a 1.0 and that there was a decent amount of improvements from the last time I played it, which I th- thought was one of the betas. Or maybe, maybe beta 16 or 17. But... Like, I have uh, one game going right now, which I probably will play sometime this week as well, but I definitely think, and it seems like the common consensus is it's a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah, and once again, there's easy levels and, like, easy easier difficulties, but it seems like in general it might be a little bit more difficult, which I actually think might be a good thing. They restructured some of the buildings, they redid some of the visuals, they added in a lot more little nuanced events and things like that. Overall, I think the uh, I think the developer's name is Tynan. He he's just been doing a great job with this game, and I'm really excited to see what the official 1.0 is because the unstable one really really plays well to the point where there was a mod that I really really missed, and that basically just gave me a button that um, instead of having to select individual things and saying like allow them, if this is a button that's said everything on the map is allowed like that literally mm-hmm. is my only thing i wish i was missed like i wish sure. i had but everything else that i used to have in mods is already in there so i really like it i think it's great i mean cool. anyone in rim world if you haven't played the 1.0 yet i highly recommend it yeah um, rim, rim world overall is a game that i've wanted to play so that's i'm glad to know i still that's think good. that you would have such a ball with this i game. know yeah like, yeah it's up my alley i really believe that you would have an awesome time with this game mm-hmm. i know I have a fun time with this game, and I'm not nearly as... I'm going to design my own story as you are. So right, yeah. I love could, the emergent story stuff. Yeah, so you could easily... And I, and I know there's some ones that actually put more story like prompts into it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think it's really cool, regardless if there's going to be mods... You know, there's always going to be mods, but you know, for if there's eventually going to be mods for the stable 1.0 eventually. But right now, it is just... I just jumped into it because I saw a few people were doing 1.0 streams and videos because... You know, it's at least playable now. And I have to say, it is worthwhile. If you haven't played Remote Wild, go in and, you know, re-download it. I definitely think it is really, really good. And it's worth cool. your time to jump back into it. Cool. Yeah, and that's going to be me for this week. I know Tom has a game that when I read it, I could not have said there's. N- this is the perfect Tom game. <laughs> like, I knew exactly off the bat. I'm like, yep, he would play this. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... I played a game called Monster Prom this weekend. Yep. A hundred percent. And it's about, like, even on the name alone with you having that reaction. What if I told you it, it's a visual novel dating simulator? What? <laughs> I am so surprised right now. Um, and, and the special twist, and I can't wait to get into this, but it is multiplayer. It is encouraged to be multiplayer. Really? Uh, yeah. So Okay, you okay. have my attention. Monster Prom, yeah, 
dating sim, one of those types of games where it's like you sort of you, you pick your character and you're given kind of uh, uh, usually it's like you're in school or something because that's an easy thing to do. And during your day to day interactions, you're interacting with your classmates. Um, and ultimately at the end, you're sort of like developing a romance with one of them. This takes that just to the next level, like in so many ways. It's very meta. It is a game that knows what it's doing, knows what dating sims are like, knows the ridiculousness it's bringing forward, and just has a friggin' ball with it. Um, you are you are a monster in a school of monsters, and you're asking the other incredibly sexy monsters, you know, you're sort of romancing them and feeling them out. Um, depending on how you play, you might be drawn to one, or you might be trying to attract one in particular. And eventually the goal is you're going to want to ask one of them to prom. Or you can go alone. It is, uh, I gotta say right off the bat, an extremely progressive game. This is a game where it just anything goes, so if you're looking for that kind of fulfillment in a game, this is a wonderful one. It treats stuff very well. Um, but it is just a hoot. It is just ridiculous. Like, not only is there the baseline of, okay, you're in, you're in school, uh, you, you sort of pick what you do for, for the, the block of time you have. So, like, it's week one before the, one of three weeks before the prom, and it's morning. Do you, you have stats. You have different stats. Do you go to class, which will raise your smarts as well as give you an interaction with some of your classmates? Do you go to the auditorium, which will raise your creativity um, and give you interactions, etc., etc., etc.? Do you go to the gym? And you know, I think that's charisma is raised in the gym. Uh, if you skip class to go to the bathroom, you raise your boldness level. All of these, um, depending on the specific monster that you're trying to woo, they'll sort of need you to have higher levels of certain stats. Like, there's one, Damien, who's just this absolute... He, he looks like a, a demon, you know, he's got red skin and stuff. Uh, absolute badass. And so he wants you to have, like, a high boldness level. So your interactions tend to be... When you first do something, like, say you go to class, there'll be sort of a funny one-off thing where, you know, it'll basically, more or less, it's telling you, you got two smarts from this interaction, but it'll be funny, witty stuff. And then maybe you see one of your classmates there, or two of them, and they're having an argument, and they turn to you and say, settle this, and you'll get one of two options to pick. Usually, you can kind of feel that maybe one option is the more bold option, or the other one is the more creative one. Now, it could lean you towards one of these particular monsters, but, like, maybe maybe you're trying to romance Damien, and you just have too low of a bold level. So you're like, uh, I'll take a chance, and maybe you fail it, and maybe you lose points with him. Or you do the creative one, and you go with another one of the creatures. It's just like, it's, you know, it's sort of an RPG light in that sense, where you're literally conscious of your stats while doing this. Um, but it's also fun to just cut loose and feel it out. Like, the first few times that I played, I just was like, okay, I'm gonna go with the flow and see who sort of comes forward. Because you can... As you as you do stuff, cert certain monsters will appear more and more because you're leaning towards them. So it's like they sort of put them to the forefront. This game has... When you get to the end, it gives you a stat sheet. I think it's 1,403 endings. Like, possible Damn. outcomes of how everything can go. There are secret events, there are, there are random events that happen every run through. There are items you can buy in the store like you can buy you can buy a corpse in the store because there's a there's a cat what? that's just randomly around in the game selling stuff and so you can buy a corpse and like characters characters will react accordingly like why are you carrying around a corpse? And <laughs> when I was playing I was playing with Nika and she ended up romancing the corpse and taking it to prom instead of anybody what? else. <laughs> this is hilarious image, because the game's illustrated, and it's illustrated phenomenally, like a wonderful cartoon, bold color cartoon style. And <laughs> when she has the corpse to the prom, you see it in a doorway like it's arrived, but it's, like, taped up to the door. Oh <laughs> and, like, there's a, 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 a string hanging from the roof holding its hand up and having it point at you and it's like there are flowers like taped to its head <laughs> like hey babe and so you can take the corpse to prom and have a wonderful time and that's one of the possible outcomes you can have um 
So yeah, in saying that, it sort of leads me to the fact that this is actually really at its core a multiplayer game. You can play it solo, but it's not nearly as fun. You want to play it with, like, you, you could play up to four people. Um, and, you know, go on voice, hang with them. This is this is what I did over the weekend. I was invited to play this, and so that's how... I, this, this game sort of drew my attention when it first came out a couple months ago, but this was just like, no, come play this. Come, you're going to enjoy this. Um... And yeah, I was, I was with folks who were just having a really good time with it, and it'll do things like, not only are you each seeing each other's interactions, you see what everybody's doing, but like maybe two of you are interested in the same person, so you're kind of like competing to do better, and they all know that you're there, so they'll ask about the other players, like... Sometimes there'll be interactions where like a, a monster who's romancing another player will show up and be like, hey what do you know about this person? Are they cool? And you can, like, either say, yeah, they're the best, like, date them, or, no, they suck, you know, you don't want that. <laughs> and you can screw over your friends and stuff like that. Um, Everyone's dream. Yeah. And in between turns, you can either random, have it randomize the order of who goes, you know, first, second, third, and fourth, or you can have little, like, challenges. It's, it's really, it's a party game. Um, and the challenges will be things like, alright, everyone name a, uh, I don't know. Everyone name a cartoon character or something. And so everyone says it out loud. And then it'll, you know, you go you hit next and it says based, you know, pick your order based on how weird it would be to have a porn with that cartoon character. And so you're all just like debating like, okay, it'd be really weird if, you know, SpongeBob had a porn, but not as weird as, you know. So it's, it's one of those kind of games like you just, you want to play it with friends because you're going to have a laugh with it, and the game is made for that. It is encouraging that to happen. Um, it's The other thing that's kind of cool about the multiplayer aspect of it, which was sort of an un unintentional thing, is it treats... It has sort of unlockable stuff, like not just achievements, but like gallery pictures that you could go back and look at later, because the art is really great. It's a really fun cartoon style. Um, and if another player does something, like an interaction that you haven't done, it will show up in your gallery. So, like, if you're feeling like you want to really play this as a game, and you're trying to, I don't know, 100% over 1,400 endings, <laughs> it gets you it gets you a little bit faster down that track, but, like, no fucking way am I ever gonna finish it. Um, but it's really fun. I've, I've never really played straight-up dating games, but I can tell that this is riffing on him. You know, I can tell that this is making... P lovingly making fun of him. It's doing the Saints Row thing of, like, oh, isn't this ridiculous? But this is great, <laughs> you know? Um, it's very, very... raunchy. I do want to say that. I want to admit that this is not a game for everybody. It does not shy away from uh, adult, lewd stuff. But if you're fine with that, it's a hoot. It's it's an absolute delight. I don't know if this is a game that you would ever touch with like a hundred foot pole, though. It sounds interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, once again, I it's, it, I would probably play it with friends. I'm not yeah. sure I'd play it by myself. It's sort of the kind of game that it's like when you go to a friend's house and they're like, "Hey, I have this board game." You're like, "Okay, exactly. we'll play that." You know, I would. Yeah, that would be like it'd be a perfect couch co-op kind of game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Monster Prom, ton of fun. Do recommend it for anyone who would be put, even possibly be into that because it is a it's a niche sort of thing. It's it's definitely it's it's very referential humor. It's almost like I I, I mean this in a good way. It's very Tumblr. <laughs> it's a very Tumblr kind of game. So if you're into that sort of thing, you'll dig this. <laughs> well does sound one interesting type of game, but as only Tom could have find, he <laughs> finds another one, but this time it's for free. Our free game of the week, the Forgot to uh, which once again is an absolutely free game that you can go out and play as soon as you hear us talk about it. So Tom, what do you have for the folks this week? This week's game is called Lumen, and this is very, as, as with most free games, bleh, as with most of the free games we feature here, it's a nice light little thing that you can do in maybe an hour. Um, the game is basically, more or less, you are in this pretty dark environment, 
and you have the ability to point at any light source. You snap your fingers, aka click the left mouse button, and now you have that light source, and you can return it somewhere else. And so you're um, collecting little nodes in the environment and maybe there'll be something that requires an elevator and the elevator doesn't have power you could tell that the power would be a light source so you're kind of like looking around and you see oh there's a street lamp over here you click at the street lamp take the light and then go back and return it to the power unit and up goes the elevator and so it just does some some very simple but creative stuff with that like okay how do i get a light source while standing here. You know, it's that kind of platforming, Ugh, I can't just go over there and get it. I have to stand here, sort of like pressure plate kind of stuff in many games. Like, how do I have two pressure plates go when I can only stand on one? You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, but very, very nice, very, very pleasant little free game of the week called Lumen. And you can find all that and more at our website, which is addictedloot.com. Come if you did not know by now, and it has our content partner links for Green Man Gaming and a Humble Bundle. Meaning that if you go through our website, click on them, and go to one of those incredible websites, not only will you be getting yourself great games, you're potentially helping out an amazing charity, you also will be helping out the Addicted Loot Bunch, and we thank you greatly for that. You can also get links to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Music. Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the granddaddy of them all, SoundCloud. Um, you can get our email if you want to reach out and contact us. That is addicted to loot at gmail.com. You can get our group Twitter, which is what we use for any and all announcements for Addicted to Loot, such as when this podcast is going live, and that is at addicted to loot. That is the number two. You can get links to our YouTube, our Twitch, our Steam group, and our itch.io collection. Finally, if you want to hang out with us as individuals online, you can do that with our individual Twitters. Mine is at ATL underscore Atomic Zero, and Tom's is at T-O-M-A-L-I-T-Y, that is at Tomality. This has been Addictive Loot, episode 87, and with that, as always, keep it monstrous. Woohoo!